Hi, this is Weed. And this is Cliff. Thanks for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. It's a collection of things we think are interesting, and we hope you enjoy our take on them. And if you do, please consider clicking that Support the Podcast button over on the other side of the page. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast. Let's start off with a story from the world of sports that will make you feel small and inadequate. The Masters Golf Tournament is, of course, postponed for the year, as is many of the events that surround it. That gives this golfer from Fishers, Indiana, more time to get ready. It turns out the Sunday before the pros take to the course, amateurs get a chance to both play and compete in a skills competition at Augusta National, and Central Indiana resident Ressie Lemon will be among those teeing it up. Now, her approach to the game is pretty simple. Hit the best shot you can each time, and hit the ball where you want it to go. By the way... Ressy Lemon is nine years old. <laughs> I guarantee you could beat me. Uh, yeah. Easily, yeah. She, she regularly shoots par from the women's tees. Are you serious? <laughs> totally serious. Well, she's going to have a lot of pressure on her later on in life, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, You're absolutely right, yeah. You know, there's a young man here in the area that's pretty good at that, too. Yeah. And um, he goes to all these national tourneys, and he's like in the top five all the time. So <laughs> be pressure there, too. Well, Cliff. Yes? It's 6.07, and, well, when I came into our Country 98.1 studios this morning, I tested positive for a Wednesday, and I think everybody's <laughs> right there, too. No, I think everyone. Should they uh, get a test? They would test positive for Wednesday. I'm ready to get tested and be positive for a Friday. For Friday, yes. You ain't a kidding. Well, Cliff, on our text messaging this morning, the question is asked. I heard you mention yesterday that you went to a restaurant. Do Mm -hmm. you have a favorite restaurant to go to? (laughs) Yes. Well, I have several, Cliff. Okay. But, um, well, to become a favorite, I always ask them one question. Okay. And their answer must always be napkins. (laughs) Okay. Now, the question I have for them every time, Cliff, is... Yeah. I look at the host or hostess and I say, yeah. what do you have on your menu with no fat and no sugar in it? <laughs> the answer has to be napkins. It has to be napkins. <laughs> and that's my place to go right there. <laughs> if they start listing off a bunch of stuff. Then you're like, nope, nope. not here. We'd now a look into the secret world of people who, tout, who scout talent for professional sports teams. In this particular instance, it's the NHL we're talking about. In some ways, those who scout hockey talent lead similar lives as those who scout for, say, Major League Baseball. Living out of a suitcase, hotel room after hotel room, bad food, hours and hours spent in small college or even high school arenas and stadiums, surrounded by people you don't know, watching a lot of players who probably don't have it just to find the one that does. There are differences. Hockey season is conducted in the dead of winter, and that means treacherous driving across most of the northern U.S. and Canada, so it's not uncommon to drive through blizzard conditions for those scouts to get to the game. There is, though, unfortunately, an increasing universality. Dealing with athletes who come with baggage. Like, say, this young man who was being scouted as an NHL prospect. All the teams had heard he had demons, but nobody could find out what he'd done. Eventually, someone worked up the nerve to just ask him. Although if they just asked the morning Rocho department of, just in time for breakfast, it would have made the process much easier. The hockey player said in high school, his girlfriend cheated on him, and in retaliation, he pooped on the hood of her car. (laughs) That was his baggage. Well, Cliff. Yeah? 
I already know what uh, thing said number two is going to be today <laughs> before anything else is even said today. He pooped on the hood of her car. <laughs> Three hours early. <laughs> and it was 40 years ago this week when Pac-Man came out. And if you were around 40 years ago, yeah, that's the first time, Cliff, I thought as a society we had lost our minds. <laughs> we did go totally berserk. I never that. really went nuts over that. I, how, it, how, how many years ago was it? 40 years this week is when Pac-Man. it first came. Yes. And I watched people play that and were obsessed <laughs> with that, just like they are with the uh, smartphones yeah. now. I mean, just they wouldn't get off of it, kept throwing yeah. quarters into things, trying to beat the you know the top score. I've got to be the Pac-Man king. Yeah. And now, Cliff, 40 years later, even mm-hmm. though I didn't get into it, Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm Pac-Man when I go out shopping in a grocery store. <laughs> it's like waka waka waka. Oops, there's people here going down this aisle and waka waka waka. Oops, turn, turn around and go waka 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 waka. <laughs> Is that not what it feels like? <laughs> huh? Waka 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 waka. One eighty. Yes. Well, Cliff, it was about a year ago, if you recall, that everybody mm-hmm. went. Well, they lost their minds. Over Popeye chicken sandwiches. Remember that? Long lines. They were running out of food. Oh. They couldn't keep everybody supplied. Yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Well, I'd kind of forgotten about it until yeah. I read this story, and I see that, well, the good folks at KFC haven't forgotten about that uh, oh. turmoil and all of that. Okay. Because now they're testing a new chicken sandwich at a, all their stores in Orlando, Florida. Okay. You would think by this time, Cliff, KFC would have gotten the chicken sandwich thing down right. They keep trying, <laughs> and they haven't quite got it yet. Okay. And this one they're coming out with yeah. is exactly like the one from Popeye's Chicken that was such oh, a huge hit. <laughs> They've even admitted to that, Cliff. Their chief marketing director says, and I'm quoting him, yeah. we wanted a chicken sandwich that really lives up to our legacy. As the fried chicken experts. And let's face it, <laughs> ours wasn't the one to beat. So the best they could do as the fried chicken experts was to steal the recipe from Popeye's. Yes. <laughs> We're experts. We're just not very good at it. Is that not, is that not what they're saying? That sounds like a morning show I know about. <laughs> well, yeah, it does, sadly. It does. Got a name for that, Cliff? Uh the morning road show with Weed and Cliff. Oh, that's right. Yes, that one. Yeah. Here's Miranda on the morning road show with Weed and Cliff. And I think I figured out Blake Shelton's key to success, Cliff. His key to success? Yes. What do you think Blake Shelton's key to success is? He just doesn't care one way or the other. He just goes in and I don't care if this works or not. I think that's his key right no, there. I, I, in fact, I have a quote from Blake Shelton on... Um, on my personal Facebook page, and it says, "If you're if you're not a little bit polarizing, you're probably not very interesting." Which means, if you're not, I don't know, making people hate you, <laughs> nobody will really care. <laughs> That's kind of harsh, though. Most people don't want to be hated. Well, I mean, not everyone's going to hate you. It's not going to be like a universal thing. I don't know. But my high school career would was pretty well universal. Was, was, yes, it was. I would, <laughs> Would contradict what you're saying there, but go ahead, Cliff. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, if 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 you if you want to 
if you want to make people feel the passion that you have about something, you're going to have some detractors. And part of that challenge is to just not care because we spend so much time going through, you know, the motions of trying not to uh, insult anyone and trying not to hurt anybody's feelings and trying not to, I don't know, make people talk bad about you that we end up just basically being, I don't know, lukewarm and milk toast. Well, that, that, that's a pretty good point, Cliff. What's so happening? You, you, got the, uh, you got the thing about Blake. He just doesn't care. I don't think he cares at all. Whatever. just doesn't care. Yep, here it is. <laughs> we, the Blue River over in eastern Indiana is a place that many of our listeners will know about. In fact, Milltown, the small community that sits right at a dam on that river, is the location of a place called Cave Country Canoes, where in the past a lot of listeners have gotten passes to go canoeing. And it's right on the spot where this story occurred. Right now, the river's boiling floodwaters have shut the canoes down, but that didn't stop this guy Sunday from enjoying a boating trip. Conservation officers say the unidentified man climbed in a raft and went out for a boating trip down the Blue River. But he had one extra accessory along that would make the trip even more interesting. That is a bottle of rum. As more of the rum went in his belly, there was less in the bottle, and eventually the dude passed out in his raft, and for seven miles he floated unconscious, heading downstream towards the Milltown Dam, a drop of about ten feet that probably would have killed him. He got caught on the bank just before a rescue had to be made and was later arrested on charges of public intoxication. Just like a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Got a bottle of rum and... Yo-ho-ho, and a bottle of rum. (laughs) Yes. You know, Cliff, we've given out numerous paddle passes down the Blue River here on Country 98.1 over the years. And and I have been on that canoe trip like probably two times, maybe three. And as you're paddling downstream, you get closer and closer to that uh, dam. And there's a big sign that says you have to exit here, and it's over to the right. That's where you have to paddle over there, and they'll help you get the canoe out of the water. And literally, you kind of do wonder what it would be like if you were to, I don't know, lose control and hit the dam. (laughs) Maybe we should give out um, pass-out passes, Cliff, for our (laughs) next trip down the Blue River. (laughs) They give you the pass, they give you a bottle of rum. Yep. Push you off and say good luck. <laughs> may the force be with may, you. Well, <laughs> may something be with you. Well, Cliff, I read it yesterday that drive-in movie theaters making yep. a huge comeback right now with all of this virus mess going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because, you know, for a good while now, regular theater attendance has been prohibited. That's exactly right. And, uh, but you can sit in your car at any time. Yes, and even Alan Jackson's getting in on it. Next month, he's oh, going to he have huh? two concerts. I believe it's in Alabama. I believe that's where it's at. There's going to be two of them, and 2,000 people will be allowed in to the (laughs) theater. You can't get out of your car. Okay. And if you want food, you just get on an app they've got, and they bring it to your car and hand it to you safely. (laughs) So it's it's a drive-in concert. That's a drive-in concert. And I think there are kind of more and more people are kind of going towards that, where you stay in your car. You can't get out and tailgate. You can't get out and party. You're just stuck right there in your car. And you know, Cliff, if you think about it, every yeah. movie theater is a yeah. drive-in theater. If you're determined enough and you got the well, right vehicle. That's right, yeah. I mean, you could just 
Go right I mean, in there. Pretty well, any business can have a drive through. <laughs> I never had a shirt like this. Never in my life, Cliff, and I've wore a lot of shirts in my time. What are you talking about? It keeps getting stuck in my belly fat, and I have to keep pulling it out <laughs> while I'm sitting here. Your shirt, your shirt is getting stuck in your belly fat. Yes, it's just getting stuck underneath there, and it's uncomfortable, and it's like somebody's tugging on my shirt the whole time I'm up here. I will say, it's a good day to be here in the sweatpants lounge, so I don't have to see any of that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's kind of freaky right here. I think we've got somebody on line you five. Think so? Let's go. All right. Hi, who's this? Hi, this is Ted. Ted, what's your last name and where are you from? Uh, Ted Borman. I'm from Evansville. Okay. What part of Evansville you live in, Ted? I live on the west side. On the west side. The well, west you never side. make it over to the east side, do you? Uh, unfortunately, I do, yeah. Oh, do Unfortunately, you? I do. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you the best thing about the west side of Evansville for me, Ted. I love ski. And every event I go to over there, I can get as much ski as I possibly could want. Absolutely. Absolutely. That stuff is delicious. <laughs> well, we're going to play Spy the Lie, Ted. Have you ever heard of uh, Slim Whitman in your life? No. Oh. No. Well, well this will be fun. Then. The song that, you know, if you fail, it's called Cattle Call, okay? Mm. And we're going to give you these three statements. One of these is a total lie. You tell me the lie. And we win, and we play Gary Allen, okay? Awesome. All right. Statement number one, Ted. Pigs have 16 blood types. Number two. There is a British beer called Old Fart. And number three. In 1901, petroleum costs 95 cents a barrel. Which one's the lie, Ted? I'm going to go and say that the first one Pigs have 16 types of blood. You think that's a lie? Yes. Ted, you're going to get to hear Slim Whitman for the first time in your life today because that is actually true. (laughs) Wow. The third one was the lie of 95 cents a barrel. It actually cost 5 cents a barrel in 1901. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ted, thank you for calling in this morning. You be safe out there. And please listen to uh, little Slim Whitman here, okay? I will. (laughs) Courtesy of you, Ted. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and issue the disclaimer now. Yes. Uh, Any dissatisfaction with the following song is uh, to be presented to Ted Borman of Evansville. Oh, even more specific. The west side of Evansville. So track that man down on Franklin and tell him, I hate Slim Whitman. Yes, there we go, Cliff. Texts aren't very complimentary on this either, Cliff. Have you seen that? Well, well no. <laughs> From Ron? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Mm. There's, they're still coming in. <laughs> Strangers are coming up to Ron telling him how terrible his music is on the radio he's listening That's to. Right. And I'll have to admit, well, Cliff, if yeah. I was a cow on the range and that song yeah. started being sung by a cowboy... Yeah, I would literally walk right to the slaughterhouse and say, "Do me, <laughs> do me." Well, Cliff, I got a question for you this morning. Okay, about your parents. If you my don't, parents? Mind. Yes. It's ironic that you would mention my parents suddenly. Why's that? <laughs> well, because I just got a uh, message from my mom. She actually texted me and said uh, that my dad was getting ready to uh, trim the uh, bushes out in front of their home. And that if there was some kind of a power outage, it was because he had cut the cord with the trimmer. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, we've all been there, Cliff. We've all been there. Yeah, we have. <laughs> well, my question for you, Cliff. Yeah. Growing up, okay. would you consider that your parents were strict? Strict? Or was they loosey-goosey on you and your brother? I, they were pretty flexible. Um, they were. It was like they were strict when they needed to be strict, and they were, you know, pretty giving of opportunity for me to do things. It's, you know, when, whenever they felt that was okay for that to happen. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. I mean, it was, it was, there were some things that was like, um, you know, I probably went to, like, I went to my first concert when I was like 15 and that was really not a big deal. Went with a friend, his nephew, his cousin was driving that kind of thing. But when I asked to drive or to uh, ride my bicycle to Fort Branch, he was like, no. <laughs> I made it to my first concert. I believe I was 22 or 23. Yeah. And I had to be chaperoned. I, was still I, wasn't, I wasn't allowed to drive by myself to the concert at Robert Stadium. True story okay. to see Hank okay. Williams Jr. You were 22. Yes. My parents were pretty strict. Yeah. I remember, and a lot of people don't remember this, but I remember my potty training. Yeah. It included a written test at the end of the whole thing. Now, that's a strict <laughs> hard, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, the questions. <laughs> I can still remember them. And it's time now for Take It to the Bank. And okay. today, Cliff, we're going to be talking about Edwin Booth. Yes. Now, if you don't know anything about Edwin Booth, he was a very famous actor back in the 1860s and 1850s. Okay. Some uh, theatrical historians... Consider him the greatest American actor there has ever been. Really? Yes. Wow. And he is known as the greatest Prince Hamlet of the 19th century. So he was quite famous back in the uh, mid-1800s. Okay. And a few months before his brother, John Wilkes Booth, assassinated President Lincoln, yeah. Edwin saved the life of Lincoln's oldest son, Robert, when Robert fell on a railway line with the train moving, and he reached down, <laughs> pulled him up by the collar of the coat, and saved his life. And all of that you can take to the bank. I mm. bet you've heard of that before, haven't you, Cliff? Uh, actually, the, I, did, I, I haven't heard all of the things about that he was a famous actor, but the story about him saving the life of um, whoever, I can't, remember, I can't remember who that was. Who was it? Uh, Robert. Robert Link. Um, they actually tell you that when you go to the, um, Lincoln's home in Springfield, that's the part of the story that they tell you. And do you know, Cliff, there's no evidence that Robert ever told his parents that story. Really? That's exactly right. Now that I didn't know. Yes. Because him and his dad evidently weren't very close. <laughs> Cliff, I don't want to put any pressure on you, so don't let me do that to you, but. Don't worry. Is there... <laughs> don't worry about that. Well, I just. Don't want to put you under the gun of a time constraint thing, but okay. do you think there's any possibility that by Friday you could post on our Facebook page our huge collage of high school seniors graduating <laughs> throughout the tri-state? 75-mile radius, Cliff, Yeah, for the graduates yeah. of 2020. We, um, we called out to all graduates within our voice, basically 75 miles in any direction. 
all graduates, all parents of graduates, please send us your pictures. Please send us your videos so that we could prepare a tribute to the class of 2020 in only the way that Weed and Cliff could do. Now, I know you're going to put a little music in the background. Is that true? Well, or Well, maybe. <laughs> well, I know it's going to be a long song, but... Uh, no, no, it's not. <laughs> maybe we could play it's Stairway not. to Heaven in the background or something. No, say, it's a long think, song. I no, I don't think there's any need for that. Free Bird? Nope, nope, that won't work either. I love that song, and it's long. Oh, no, I, I told yeah, it's a long song. I, I, I don't think, though, that that's going to be a, an issue because after calling out to request for submission by the class of 2020, we got four responses. <laughs> four. Four. There's four. <laughs> We've got a way with words, don't we, Cliff? Clearly we do, yeah. We should be the spokesperson for some big business. To It'd be worth every penny, I'm sure. <laughs> I bet it would be. Be safe, make good choices, and in a 75-mile radius, we got four. <laughs> Cliff, anything else said today? Phrases of the day, separate number three. I remember my potty training. <laughs> and the written test. And the written test, yes. Number two, you already know what it is. Nope. He pooped on the hood of her car. <laughs> That's always going to be number two. Always. Always. And the number one morning roadshow phrase for today, we're experts, we're just not very good at it. <laughs> And we'll not be very good at it again tomorrow. That's correct. If there's something you'd like to hear us talk about, go to weedandcliff.com and click the Contact Us button and send us a message. Thanks again for listening to the new Weed and Cliff podcast.